0: Hey, everybody, it's Mike Portnoy here, hanging with my boys, Tom and Zeus, right here on Shout Out Loudcast. Oh, boy. Here we go. This is Jane Simmons. Put that cookie down. Kiss. Stop pressing the buttons Start, Simmons. Star? Star? Stanley. Everybody, dies. stop shouting. Okay. All, All right. to right. grab me an ice cold mellow hey.
1: Why? Why do that to the fans? Stop it. Why? Because
0: fuck. That's what we we'll talking about. 617 525 You do? Hey, fucko. Do you like this? Settle down.
1: Hello. Hey, what's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus, another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast. Episode 259, World Domination
0: Tour. Yeah, we're back with tour reviews. It's been a long time. I think it's been May of last year we did one. And now we're going to do one that we attended. So Honking on Bobo. Ugh, you mean the Roximus Maximus Tour for Aerosmith? Isn't that what they call their version of the tour? I don't, and, I don't know. It's, and then Kiss is like, uh, let's do like a what? What cool name, a Domination? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do yeah. that.
1: Yeah, it's basically the 2003 Kiss Aerosmith tour.
0: It's basically the 2003 End of the Road tour, but we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're right.
1: Um, Tom, but before we get into that, we go into last week's episode, and that was album review time, and these are always quite popular. We did Dynasty, and obviously we did a poll on the best four songs.
0: What do we got there? What do we got there? Yeah, every time we do these polls for album review, best songs, we we get astronomical numbers, which is what we want to see, and it's great. So we could have picked any four songs. We knew what at least two were going to make this, and then we just kind of threw in another two because we knew there'd be a lot of write-ins. But the four options in the poll were sure no something, 2,000 man, charisma, and I was made for loving you. Sure know something curb stomped everyone else in this poll with 47%. The other three guys were all hovering around 17, 18%. You had 2,000 man at 18, and charisma and I was made for loving you were tied at 17. A lot of write-in votes here. Dave G says it's a tough choice. They're all phenomenal songs. Our buddy Tony from Restrained. Who's uh, I don't know if he's vacationing now. Maybe by the time he hears this, he'll be on another ship somewhere. Sure knows something has always been a favorite of mine. Definitely a standout track on this album. Yes, indeed. Our buddy Wes Beach uh, almost had a stroke when he heard the episode. I'm still trying to process how you both made this your number two album ahead of Revenge and Creatures. To me, it's a bottom five album. Ooh, Sorry, Wes. Love you, buddy. And then our buddy Cameron Johnson. I'm still reeling from your take on Magic Touch. Sorry. And then right after that, Bob Zelenka says, magic touch is the best song. No, it's not, but that's okay. Hey, Bob Sacramento. What's his name? Hey, my buddy, Bob Sacramento. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Did you see somebody put up an AI version of, they took every time Kramer talked about him. Yeah. And they put those words into something. They created
0: a, a yeah. fucking AI version <laughs> of it. You got to see this. <laughs> so stupid. Nice. Uh, Brad, not Backpack Brad. Brad says, great show and album. Similar to the record skip that was burned in your mind, those of us with the 8-track have the fade out and fade in burned from X-ray eyes and save your love. Yeah, because 8-tracks, when, when it would fade out, sometimes it happened in the middle of a song. Uh, he says, I typically agree with you guys, but Magic Touch is glory you, glory me, glory us. Oh, God. Oh, no. Don't do that with Dangerous. Uncle Paulie, I've been waiting for this for about four years now, ever since I first tuned into your show at episode five. I'm 50 years old and not much excites me anymore. However, this excites me. Wow. Okay. Oh, Jesus. It sounds like, uh, you know, you're getting a little overreactive today.
2: Uh, well, you know, I'm hurt. things that we can do for
0: it. I'm you. very hurt. Canon Satan Service, one of the first albums I owned as a kid and still one of my favorites. The poster was on my wall forever. Ace shines on this, and it's definitely not a disco album. Great job, T and Z. It was cool seeing a lot of comments here, a lot of people talking about the nostalgia of getting this one. Our buddy Brad Baird, you've done it again. Much appreciated. Taken back to nine years old, and air guitars, drums, and tongues. Yeah, Brad. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of great memories for a lot of people with this album, whether or not you love it, hate it, or in the middle. But uh, that's what we got for Twitter this week.
1: All right, Tom, on the Book of Faith, let's start with Ronnie Bachowski, uh, who's slowly taking over, uh,
0: is the most vulgar listener we have. Oh, I can't wait for you to read. As soon as I saw this comment, I'm like, I can't wait for Zeus to read this on the show. I was so excited to see you
1: reviewing Dynasty that my pecker fluttered once like a pigeon having a heart attack. This is my absolute favorite album of the 70s era. It became underrated and polarizing for two reasons, because too many Kiss diehards had the rock cock too deep in their asses, unable to be open-minded to a couple of disco-sprinkled songs that were incredible regardless. So they missed out on so much great other rocking material in the record. And on the other uh, on the other was the band's fault with the few missteps after Love Gun leading up to their Hannah barbera presents Kiss on Ice figure skating look. It's the over-marketing one. and cartoon-like appeals what hurt them in the album. It's overall a very consistent record, even despite my few criticisms, like the lyrics to Charisma being too much of Gene chewing on his own meat bag or Dirty Living sounding like something that could have been rolled in the credits of a sequel to Taxi Driver. <laughs> I love this record, and any haters of it can just eat my ass with a
0: spoon. <laughs> Alrighty then. <laughs> it's like like in the ah. Gee, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to upset you. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, Sneed Rock. Hell yes. Can't wait to listen. This was my first Kiss album. I bought with my own money because it was part of the priceless collection. My favorite Peter song is this, and these are the best Peter wrote. It plays like a movie in your mind, and then he quotes the lyrics beginning with "Midnight Out of China." Nice. Anthony Hunt, good review, guys. Thank you. I'm in the camp that it's production, not the songs that keep this from being the same league as the earlier albums. Ah, I like where you're going, Anthony. Mm -hmm. Imagine what Eddie Kramer might have done with this and Unmasked. The ace originals on this album are fantastic. He really came into his own. Save Your Love is a great sing, and the solo is absolutely brilliant. A lot of people reminiscing about how they bought the uh, album. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we're, we're 50 a lot of listeners were about our age when this came out, and I think that's where a lot of memories were formed with Dynasty. People remember this.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Mark Fleur's music, who knows his stuff, says this. Regarding the cover, contrary yeah. to legend, the only photographic change was Peter. See video. I was lucky enough to go through every item from the Kiss warehouse that was sold at their Butterfields auction in 2000. While there, I took this video and the actual master photo that was submitted for touch ups. Note, it appears Gene's writing in red pen with the instructions on what to fix on Peter. Now, if you guys need to see this, this is on our Facebook Loudcast post. Uh, You can check out what Mark's saying. I don't know what the truth is. We're,
0: you know, we're not researchers. No, I did see that and I wanted to comment on that too. And I know our our, uh, buddy Joey Caserta commented on the, the story of peter's eye makeup i don't, I mean i know joey casserole look like zoo said we're not researchers when we do album reviews or when we do anything like this concert review we're going to do we 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 look into information details background we cut we consult with kiss books with so the information that we're giving you is information that we're getting from sources We're not saying that Joey doesn't know what he's talking about. We're not saying that Mark Flores doesn't know what he's talking about. We're just saying that, like most bands, like most historical things, some truth is there. The story we heard was Paul wanted things to be photoshopped. Mark Flores is showing us a video about other things. Joey's telling us another thing. Look, we're just we're just find your own fucking truth in what Tom is trying to say. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Again, we're not we're not the end all. You know, we're not. Again, we say this all the time, and we say this with a kudos to Kiss FAQ. We're not them.
1: Um, so fuck off kiss nerds. If you're fucking complaining about stupid shit like that, you know, people are saying the fucking Peter makeup is not like, who cares, dude,
0: you know? Oh yeah. And just- all, another, and another thing too. Yeah. I know I heard from a lot of people. Thank you. Kiss tards. Yes. I know. I misspoke. Paul does the solo on Sure No, something not ace. Thanks for correcting me. Yeah.
1: Uh, all right. Over on loud Pastors. Bruce Fowdy says, one of my top three Kiss albums. Yes, it's slick, but the fantastic songs top to bottom. Can't wait to hear your reviews. BC Allison says, great episode, Thomas, who's very sensible and honest breakdown of a landmark Kiss album. Well done as always. Adam Stevenson.
0: Yeah, the Metal Oasis podcast. Check them out. I've been there a few times, so you can check out those episodes. Uh,
1: Dynasty is definitely polarizing. I've come to enjoy it more and more after all these years of listening. Shout out Loudcast. The gene songs have approved in my eyes and a sounds killer on 2000 man, but the fawning over sure knows something. Maybe teens. Z should be the one in straight jackets. Yeah. I think he kind of figured it out on his own that he should be in straight jackets. Cause he got fucking pummeled.
0: Well, he's uh, used to listening to cannibal cops and that he doesn't know what he's talking about. We we love Adam, but that's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Everybody's got an opinion.
1: I, I mean, not liking it is the is the uh, unusual opinion.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: Paul Heider, Zeus, Ace during the Bellevue Photo photoshoot. Hey, mine smells like puke and diarrhea. What's going on, uh, Ace? We haven't given you yours yet. <laughs> Great review. Like Zeus, this was the last album I bought before Kiss dropped off my radar. Glad to see I'm not the only one. Before coming to with ACDC, Streetheart, aldo nova joy totally. jet and a lot of other hard rock acts but i always liked this album didn't care about the disco flavor as i always had room for any other music that has great hooks and melodies sure i preferred it played on loud guitars with a driving beat and kiss delivered it here it's no surprise that during the last couple of weeks i was blaring this disc right alongside bony m's night flight to venus disc no idea what he's fucking talking about same pounding drums, echo uh, vocals, hooky chorus that snag deep into your brain disco or not, great songs last a lifetime I'll take this over most other later albums, really enjoyed this episode fellas, all the way up until Zeus picked Charisma last
0: Sorry,
1: (laughs) Joey don't call me (laughs) Ray Romano (laughs) Romanic uh dynasty is a top five kiss record for me it's full of deep cuts that deserve much love it's also the first Chris record that I bought when it was released as I had become a fan in the time period between the solo records and dynasty It's weird how it gets called a disco album, We really has one song that even remotely sounds disco. I was made for loving you. Yes, there are a few funky bass lines in songs like Sure Know Something, but the songs on this record are bangers for the most part. Ace really shines on this record with Hard Times and Save Your Love. I also much prefer the production on this record than the five of the other original six. You're fucking nuts. Everything but Destroyer and Dynasty sound flat to me. The instruments are all live in the same sonic spectrum and lack punch, crunch, depth, and separation. Settle down, fucking Mike Portnoy here, fucking. <laughs> I know you played in the fucking band as a drummer in the in fucking middle school, but. Relax, well, you know, the tre-
0: uh, well, you know the treble on two thousand yeah, man. It's a little off. Yeah. It's a
1: little off. I'll know. I know. I'll take
0: flack know, as a from- musician. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I know. I'll take flack from the rock and roll over and love gun tards for that statement. And like someone had mentioned, now I can tell you that that's not Peter on drums. Back in seventy nine, I assumed it was him. Killer show, guys. All right, uh, Josh Brown, damn hot out of the gate for this year with Bruce and Dynasty. Don't really have a lot of memories of this album, but without a question, this album is one of the few Kiss albums that has no skips. I love every song on it. The more I listen, the more I love it. And it would probably be in a top five Kiss album. And uh, he ranked number one, sure, no something. Yeah, like a lot of people. Uh, the great Tally Faulkner, Tom. Six-year-old Tom Gelati listening to Charisma and hearing Gene's demon voice. Teenager me listening to Charisma for the first time Thinking that's sleazy Gene And absolutely loving that song To me Dean and Gene comes out at the end Of that song I always thought that Magic Touch belonged on Paul's solo album Personally I love that song And I understand all the people who love it Too I like the song
0: It's just repetitive and goes on Far too long Yeah Tally look Tally Love you we went back and forth on Facebook Magic Touch is not good but that's okay I respect your opinion
1: <laughs> Over on Instagram. Six Mr. Steel Your Girl. I don't know what fucking who that is, but a top five kiss album for sure. The bass rocks on every song. Radio Chaos. Totally agree with the review. Stared at this album for hours and hours when I was six years old. I'm pretty sure Paul plays a solo on "Show sure, No, some yeah, we talked about yep, it. Yep. I used to dream about a kiss concert when I was a kid, and these are the songs. The only ones I knew. So I assumed they play them all in concert. At the time, I was made for the was massive here in Australia. This was the first thing I ever bought with my own money. The lineup of Ace Gene and Anton on 2000, man, is killer. Sounds like a different band. This album is second only to Rock and Roll Over, in my view. Caught Bruce's interview. Loved it too. I wish Bruce all the best in the future. Keep up the great work, mates. Love it. Let's nice. skip on over to YouTube. You do. Patrick twenty four twenty says, "I'm glad to see that you've allowed Ace some more snacks in addition to his perennial favorites. Who doesn't love popcorn? You guys are the greatest. Please keep it up because you got, you got, you got what I need.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I love that.
1: <laughs> Sweet." Big radio, 6689. I was so happy to hear how well Sure Know Something was received during this episode. It's always been a top 10 kiss song of all time and probably my top 30 songs that I know of all time. It captures the youthfulness and desperation that a girl can have over you so well, no matter where you are as a guy in 79, hearing it for the first time, or how I was being a freshman in 07, hearing it for the first time. Paul sums up how, whose emotions so well in this classic song. I'm still shocked it wasn't played on the Dynasty tour, despite being a single, but also nothing compares to a live version of the song we were gifted between MTV Unplugged and the Symphony CD. Really great episode, guys. Thank you. Love that. Devin Dungan, great episode, great album. One of my favorites. Um, Chris Flood, 9205. Real good review of probably their last classic album. Wow. Paul still hasn't explained how Ace was so bad, but you gave him three songs, two albums in a row. Zeus, when you did that gene impression, oh, I'm going out for a sandwich and old pussy. Just comedy gold. Thank you. <laughs> he just snorted. <laughs> <laughs> are going to f- go over here, grab a sandwich, and fuck your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> did, did it, like some radar was it? fucking somebody had said that he was saying that to him. Like, uh, Opie and Anthony, like, you walked in, I'm going to take your girlfriend.
0: <laughs> That's Gene.
1: Oh, uh, a couple people like the Joe Walsh impression, Tom.
0: Yeah, that Joe Walsh is ace. <laughs> yeah, really in a bad shape. Ace, <laughs> ace with a stroke. Yeah, exactly. Ace. With- <laughs> Where I first
1: listened to. Save Your Love on the Dynasty Tour. Oh my God. I thought that was me playing guitar.
0: Whoa. (laughs) Uh, Although, uh, but Joe Walsh can still fucking.
1: Joe Walsh can can fucking still perform with the best of them. Oh, yeah. He can still sing. He's got a good voice. Very unique. Yep. Yep. Uh, Oh, we haven't had something from him in a bit. The great Marty White. Yeah, Marty. For all you Star Trek fans that are also Kiss fans, I have great news. A reboot of the movies is coming. The first movie called Star Trek The Wrath of Genghis Khan. <laughs> he's really he's composing the soundtrack which will include songs like Space Truckin', Rocket Ride, and Torpedo Girl. He has a cameo that will say the classic line at Spock's funeral. Of all the... Oh, no, I, I, got, I got Joe Walsh in my head. I gotta do this in the Ace voice. Of all the souls that I've encountered in my travels, his was the most human.
0: (laughs) And Tom, that's what I got. Over to you. All right, let's get through some emails here. Patrick Butterworth. Hey, Tom and Zeus, I would like to thank you in advance for 2024. The podcast was great in 23, and so far this year looks like it's going to keep getting better and better. Opening the season with Bruce Kulik was great. Then seeing fair fucking warning show up on ARC was awesome. The Sports Heroes Top 10 to kick off dorm damage was also great. Then you blindside us with Dynasty for a record review. Wow. It has been like the beginning of a perfect mixtape with the tracks that keep coming leave you speechless as you listen. I pretty much could listen to you both talk about anything. Great work, gentlemen. Patrick Butterworth. Thank you, Patrick. That's amazing. Appreciate that very much.
1: Thank you very much. (laughs)
0: We got an incredible email here from Stephen Wood, who actually gives us his review of the album track by track. Very impressive stuff, Steven. Thank you. Mike H. My mom was a big fan of Jerry Lewis. Every Labor Day weekend, he would host a telephone to raise money for muscular dystrophy. Yes, I remember the dude basically stayed up for three straight days trying to raise money. than he did the year before I became a fan because my mom was a fan. Anyway, the telethon had guest skits in musical performances. In 1979, KISS was a guest. They weren't live on the air, but they played the video for sure Know something. I didn't have the record yet, and this was the first song I heard from the album. I instantly fell in love with it, and I still love it today. As far as the record goes, it contains 40% of my top 10 favorite KISS songs. For an album that many view as a piece of shit, I obviously have to disagree. Gotta hand it to you guys. You make any KISS topic better. Just by you guys talking about it. It's like magic or some shit. Love you guys, Mike H. Love you, Mike. Then we got an incredible email from our buddy Sam Paxton. Talking about a bunch of other great stuff. Including the Dynasty album. Sam, thank you for that great stuff. We got one here from Don Saw. Talking about the end of the road stuff. Commenting on the Bruce episode. Thank you, Don, for that. Our buddy Costa Vucinas, another great email from him talking about in detail his love of Dynasty. Great stuff. We love seeing that. Angelo Capasso, same thing. These emails are awesome. You guys rock, and thank you so much for sharing them. Again, we read them all, so I'm summarizing them as we cover them here, but Zeus and I have read every one of your emails word word for word. So, guys, thank you so much for sharing all that. We really appreciate it. Zeus is going to wrap up feedback right now.
1: Yeah, so uh, one more comment. I'm going to read, and this is from our um, from our loudcasters page from the Greek Thunder from Down Under, Thanos Akritidis. All right, well, boys, this is a great one of the most iconic Kiss albums of all time. I don't think you can understand how big this album was in Australia. This album has sold over 600,000 units in the land of Oz. That's eight times platinum. It yielded mass hysteria in the land down under when they arrived here a year later for their massive tour. I think this should have been given the deluxe version because there are many demos and 12-inch version available for content. I actually have a vinyl master of a 12-inch version of Dirty Living, which going to be released here, but got pulled last minute i was made for loving you 12 inch was massive here in the nightclubs and it still is 45 years later sold onions amount i don't know what that means but okay sure (laughs) know something is a unique tune and i agree with you both that the video clip is iconic i'm surprised you don't consider magic touch and charisma high points of the album in my mind they're both standouts on the album way better than aces save your love Mm. anyways great choice boys Hope you're both well, considering the snow drama in your area. (laughs) Well, Fonis for informing us what it was like in Australia, uh, for dynasty, because I'm going to be hundred percent honest. I knew the hysteria that kiss caused with the unmasked tour. I had no idea that dynasty was the reason why it kiss was so beloved when they came then. And, uh, this helps, uh, uh, explain you give us some info, plus you're just an awesome guy, so that being the case, you my friend, are comment of the week good answer good answer like the way you think i'm gonna be watching you
0: <laughs> yeah, Fonus bonus points my brother for informing us providing information love that buddy thank you so much appreciate it. Tom,
1: what we do next is we give a shout-out to our Patreon family. Yes. Uh, give a special shout-out to Johnny G, who upgraded to a demon tier. Who sent us a fucking awesome comment along the way. Johnny, we love you, man. appreciate it. And we appreciate all our Patreon family members. Uh, Patreon, guys, we're at the point now, we have over 100 Patreon members.
0: Incredible. Over Unbelievable. 100. It's amazing.
1: Insane. Um, We love all of them, and they're a big help to the show. Uh, people are joining constantly, and we can't thank them enough for their contributions. So when people want to say, hey, I like your show. I love what you're doing. And we want you to keep going, and we want you to do bigger and better things and move up and do all sorts of stuff. Patreon is where you really can help us. So if you want to jump on the Patreon bandwagon, come on board. There's four different tiers you can join. Find one that fits your needs and come join the fun. Thank you, Patreon members, Johnny G specifically, and uh, everybody in the Patreon family. And if you want to help us, you can go to our website, uh, shoutoutloudcast.com, right on the landing page, there's a Patreon link there. Or you go to patreon.com or Patreon the app, you look for creators, shout out Loudcast, and you jump in and join the
0: fun. Thank you guys out there, and much appreciated. You guys rock. Patreon, guys, thank you so much for everything you do. We always like to give back a little bit, depending on what tier you join. Check us out online at patreon.com or the app. You can get some special things like sneak peeks at the, what the episode's going to be before it drops, involvement in our Flashback Friday, help pick what we post for those fun pictures every week, And also album review crew input and just a great community to be a part of. So please check it out. We love you guys. Thank you. Tom, what we do next is we go over to Kiss World. Yeah, so we're recording Wednesday the 17th. So this is kind of breaking news now. But by the time this episode drops, it'll be all over the social medias, including ours. And people will be talking about it. But Gene Simmons' new solo band is the surprise attraction at the second edition of the Summer Breeze Open Air Festival in Brazil, which will be held in April. Gene Simmons' new solo band will feature Gene on bass and vocals, guitarists and vocals by Brent Woods and Zach Throne, and drummer Brian Titchy. That's a fucking insane band. I've seen Brian Titchy in concert. The guy's absolutely out of his mind. We've seen Brent, Zach, and Gene, obviously. This is going to be phenomenal. Let's fucking hope that if he's doing this, he's going to be coming to the States and doing something. We saw his manager-slash-handler-slash-social-media, Christina, post something on her page asking for some input about if Gene does an event, where do you want it to be? So things are moving pretty quickly for Gene as we knew they would, because he can't sit still. He loves his fans.
1: Yeah, but Paul's doing something with Tony Orlando.
0: Oh, good point. <laughs> Damn, you know what? That's I should have led with that. You're right. That's bigger news. Just
1: think of the contrast of
0: what each one of them is doing. But it makes perfect sense, because now that Kiss is over, now they're doing what they really want to do. Their true colors, which we all know, are true. Paul is being a Renaissance man with Tony Orlando and gene has hard rock guys touring fucking south america i mean that's all you need to know and also paul is posing in his art gallery uh looking like somebody just ripped one in front of his face the guy can't smile at all he just can't smile but he but he's got his paint pants on <sighs> dude you you look like a 14 year old girl from 1988 with those pants on what are you doing yeah. grow up yeah, and then uh, just it's now a weekly occurrence. It's it's a segment now. Go ahead. It's a segment now every week. Every week, Ace is every week.
1: something even crazier than the last time. So once again, he brings up, "I owe the IRS a couple hundred grand." It's a, you know, it's all about my passport. Uh since I owe them a couple hundred grand, they instituted a new law. You owe more than 50000 They won't renew your passport. Luckily, I have some real smart attorneys working on it, and there
0: are ways around it. Yeah, pay it. <laughs> Dude, then then, he, then, then there's, there's a headline here from Gum. Ace Frilly says he may tour Europe if he can continue to avoid paying his tax. <laughs> Dude, you don't say that out loud. I got a
1: friend named Wesley Snipes. He gave me some great tax advice. It's really
0: working in my favor. and then if that's not enough, hey, you know what? I could sing better than Paul Stanley. I can also play guitar better than him too. Why what he is going out with like you have a new album coming out. In my opinion, this, uh, shouldn't you want to like, try to ingratiate yourself with fans, Or is it just too, so far gone where he's like, "I'm ace, you idiots are going to buy this record anyways?"
1: Like he's just spitting out shit that people have told him. You're not supposed to repeat it. That's what I was saying to you. Jeff Beck may thought he was a better guitar player than neil sean but he's not gonna be like yeah i can play circles around neil sean so fuck him like what does that have to do with
0: anything i'm talking to you about your album why do you have to shit on paul like this guitar guitar guitar.com a guy like tommy Thayer can play perfect with no mistakes but is that what you want (laughs) (laughs) kind of yes Yes.
1: You know, Robert Plant could usually sing Stairway to Heaven perfectly in the 70s. Why would you want that when you can have me sing it instead?
0: Uh, Here's another headline. These are all within the last week that we recorded. (laughs) This is Ultimate Guitar. Ace Frehley admits, quote, I'm a sloppy fucking guitar player. (laughs) I should have practiced more.
1: Nobody loves me. (laughs) Just... I'm telling you, do you remember like a few years before AI was really big? There was like this Twitter bot that they try to put on the internet. Yes. And, and it was like um, just adapting to Twitter. Yes. And then with like, within like one day, it was like spouting Nazi racist <laughs> shit. Yes. yes. Like I feel like that's ace. Like someone's inputting all this shit into his head and he's just like, yeah, I'm the most influential guy out there. I'm this and that. I'm just doing okay, but you don't have to fucking say
0: it. He just, he's going through everything with a, but, but he's not only shitting on the band, he's like, yeah, I haven't paid my taxes. And I suck at guitar. Buy this new record. <laughs> like,
1: but we also forgot to say the other part. What? They
0: put a video of him going shopping. at <laughs> And Lara has to tell him that he's putting the items in the wrong shopping cart. Oh, this isn't Oz. Fuck,
1: <laughs> well, can I get a discount because I got some blue nail polish on?
0: Why I, <laughs> I, I, is that? We supposed is that like Uncle Ace, the the sitcom, like fun, lovable grocery store Ace?
1: So I don't know if thing like I've said this before. Like I don't know if something's gotten to him. Like that's a fun thing seeing Ace going. To the supermarket with lara i mean i'll take that and the camera's on him so i'll take that
0: yeah no it's funny it's entertaining and but, clearly it's record promotion when we know that he's got an album coming out next month we get it
1: yeah and, and you know what but it makes that's the lovable ace we want not you fucking oh paul stanley i can play circles around him i don't think you can now no. i don't no no, no, of he can't. Well, because you can fucking still do like your solos for the same songs. Try doing something new, right?
0: Yeah, it's I crazy. Just, it's, I it's, just wrote ten thousand volts. What you talking about? Come it's on. crazy that every week there's more Ace headlines, new ones.
1: It's crazy. Yeah, someone's gonna fucking get them straight. Anyway, yeah. in the meantime, Tom, let's take a little break. Uh, let's go uh, shopping with Ace for a little bit. Hey. It looks like they have a big jumbo bag of cashews here. Lara, let's stop over here and pick that up and grab some fountain colas and call it a date night.
0: All right, we're back. It took a little bit of extra time. Uh, we're trying to help Ace with the self checkout. He's really kind of confused oh, as to how that works. He, <laughs> uh, guys, I, I keep hitting the thing. It's beeping. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I, I'm big on computers. Remember,
1: I, I sang 2000, man. I had a demo called Insufficient Data.
0: Looks like this checkout machine has some <laughs> insufficient data. Yeah, uh, you got to scan it. What the hell does that mean? I would pay money to see Ace do self-checkout.
1: Oh, I want to see that. Work the counter at a supermarket? <laughs> can I get can I get a price check here on some some
0: wild seed grapes? I need a price check on some cookie crisp. Hey, I remember this shit. It's really good when I was a kid. I can't believe they still make it. <laughs> He's calling out price checks at a supermarket. All right. Next episode, Ace gets a job working the deli.
1: <laughs> hey, give me a half pot of mortadella. What the hell is that? Looks like old bologna. <laughs> Don't put any of that prosciutto on my Italian grinder, please. It gives me the
0: burps. I'm a big fan of the cheese with the holes <laughs> in it.
1: I'll take a meatball sub grinder.
0: Oh, God, it never goes away. That's why we keep doing it. He doesn't oh. go away. Oh, oh boy, but you you know, it's getting old. You need to stop. <laughs> oh, We're not. It's, as long as Ace is around, we're not stopping. He keeps giving. Uh, like I said on social media, he's the gift that keeps on giving.
1: Yeah. Well, somebody tried saying that and he got fucking
0: pummeled. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> pummeled. It happened. It happens. Yeah. Well, Tom, we're back to the tours. Yep. This is a tour that we saw. This is the world domination tour from 2003 kiss and Aerosmith combination
0: tour. What do you think? Yeah, it's funny. This is this was a weird time to be a kiss fan, at least for me personally, because I felt like at that time we're like, yeah, I like kiss. Let's go see them. Like what's going on? And 2003 was like free social media. So we didn't really know all the shit that was going on. We just like, oh, Aerosmith and Kiss. That's kind of cool. Let's go see that. And I got to tell you, this is one of those shows where unfortunately for me, I mean, I don't really have anything good or bad to say. We'll get into it specifically, obviously. I don't have anything really good or bad to say about Kiss. What happens when this show is brought up is all I just remember is how horrendous Aerosmith was and how it was really shocking to see kiss performed first and the other thing that was shocking was that we had to sit through fucking saliva as an opening band before both of them took a took the stage oh they have that one good song i like from them. yeah the, yeah um but yeah it's 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 not a memorable show this was kind of a weird time for kiss concerts uh your disease that's what it's called yeah it's not bad it's not bad I late, like yeah early 2000s kind of alt rock new metal shit whatever but um yeah i don't really have kind of any kind of really stick out memories of kiss themselves other than them going on first and being surprised. And then obviously the short set list, which we'll get into too.
1: Yeah. So the thing for me, Tom, I I remember just like you said, Kiss was just kind of around. You kind of, if they came around, Tom, you and I would be like, Hey, let's go see them. Exactly. And we didn't know what we're going to expect, what songs, this and that. We didn't really have the fatigue yet to be like, Oh, I just heard them play that. yeah. so it was exactly. kind of like, okay, let's go see them. We love Aerosmith. They're a Boston band. We know yep. them, too. So we were kind of excited to go see them. We'll talk about that specific concert later. But, you know, this tour, we thought, was like going to be huge. Holy shit. Yeah. Kiss, Aerosmith. Now, the first thing that comes up when you talk about this tour is, shit, is opening? All's ego allowed that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. There was a couple of interesting things about this, talking about kind of who put the show together, the shock of the the set list. So, you know, both bands playing 80-minute set lists. Uh, It was really kind of weird. We talked about this, Zeus, before we were recording and we were kind of looking into the details of this tour. One of the things that stood out for me was the fact that, for some reason, Aerosmith demanded That if they're going to do this tour with Kiss, that at least three original members had to be involved. And Paul had an interesting quote from his uh, Face the Music book. He said, yeah, by this point, Ace had already made it clear he was done, which left Peter as the third member. Ugh, (laughs) was Paul's response. So I find that interesting that Aerosmith would dictate what Kiss had to do for them to be on the show. I, th- I found that real. I found that, found that really interesting. It's almost like Aerosmith was like, "Yeah, Paul and Gene, you guys aren't enough. We need another. We need Ace or Peter."
1: Yeah, and that was the the big famous thing where there's three of them. So yep. they asked Peter back. They swallowed their pride, and Peter came back. But it also gets back to the whole the makeup. Yeah, Peter had no problem with Tommy in the makeup. Right yep. to that. Ace had no problem with Eric in the makeup. Uh, there's a great section here. Uh, a, a lot of this stuff we got from uh, Julian Gill's big book, Kiss on Tour. It's a great book. You should pick oh, it up, in- guys.
0: Incredible book. Yep.
1: Yeah, And other stuff we found online and from the individual books from the Kiss members themselves. Uh, Tom, why don't you talk about the part where Ace says about uh, Tommy Thayer and his role?
0: Yeah, it's funny because 20 years ago, You got Ace making some comments that today uh, really don't think you'd hear. Ace says, so there were some comments that were asked about Ace's status in the band. Paul said, you know, that's done. At some point, you get tired of that. And then it says Ace at least offered some support for Tommy. And Ace said, quote, Tommy and I are very good friends. If I had to pick anybody to fill my shoes because for some reason or another, I couldn't be there, I would pick Tommy. Sadly, as a seeming final nail in Ace's kiss casket, quote, when questioned if that means that Ace Frilly won't be rejoining the band anytime soon, Paul said, quote, I think you can remove anytime soon from that statement. So yeah, it's funny how Ace is like, yeah, if I wanted anybody to replace me, it'd be Tommy. Yeah, I'm friends with that guy. Great guy. Now he's like, Yeah, I fucking guy can't play. Yeah, I know he didn't I know I know he didn't say that, but you know what I mean. But he's friends with him. He had yeah. no problem
1: with him taking. He's the guy he wanted to take over for him, right?
0: Yep. All
1: funny shit right Yep, And uh, things really Change well anyways The whole story about Kiss And Aerosmith two big bands from the 70s uh, legends uh, And They really got along for the most Part with the exception of the Lead singers which is probably a reason Why they still don't talk to this day Yeah but Joe Perry Really endeared himself to both Paul And Gene Peter is friends with Uh, Joey Kramer, drummers and stuff uh, from Aerosmith. They're all buddies. And they had a lot of fun on this tour for the most part. But there were some hiccups uh, along the way. But the two big 70s bands joining and they're up to try to compete against all those uh, big uh, festival type tours that were going on at the time. And, uh, you know, when they had their press conference and of course the cliches come out and the jerking off of each other came out in the comments and things like that. And, uh, even, but there was one comment, I think Steven Tyler said, just don't get any blood on my scarves, like jokingly, but half kind of like, dude, like kind of pissy.
0: Oh yeah, totally. And I think one of the big things we kind of commented on a little bit before, but talking about his going on first. And, of course, you think about this now. Can you imagine in 2022, 23, whatever, Kiss adhering to a band saying, yeah, we'll go on first? Paul Stanley addressed the issue. He said, quote, when you know somebody has to go on first, and it really doesn't matter to us. I mean, honestly, we do what we do. Nobody can do it better. Aerosmith does what they do. Nobody does it better. It's a win-win for the audience. Ah, really? Really? And because of this, there was a huge thing where – couldn't do their confetti because they're not ending the show. And because everybody's doing a shorted set list. Yep. A
1: lot of the fans were pissed. Aerosmith fans and KISS fans. Because they're such classic bands. You're only doing a few songs, limited set list. And Paul wasn't doing his love gun flying out shit and stuff. So the set
0: and the tour and everything was a little bit different. I think it was one of those tours where on paper, it it sounded good, you know, Aerosmith, Kiss, like two legendary, two of the biggest bands of the 70s, if not the biggest bands of the 70s, you know, but like you said, Kiss couldn't do a lot of what they wanted to do normally, and then for some reason, Aerosmith was pushing the honking on Bobo shit, so they had a segment in the middle of their short set list that could have been used to play classics.
1: Yeah, they there played I never loved a man the way I love you. Stop messing around and baby, please don't go. Like I don't need
0: Aerosmith doing blue shit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, kiss did their thing. We'll get into the set list. I mean, you can't really complain. I mean, they played 15, 15 songs just fine, but it was kind of an odd show. And I really, unfortunately don't have any really fond memories of kiss. I just remember being like, God damn Aerosmith. What's happening here. And Aerosmith's set list. Isn't terrible. It's not terrible, except for that honking on Bobo bluesy bullshit.
1: Yeah, but there's stuff in there. I know you didn't like loving an elevator. No,
0: jaded rag jaded. doll crying. What? Actually, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe the set list does. Crying. I don't, <laughs> I don't. I don't, don't want to miss. I don't want to miss. What a it thing. takes.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: no, that wasn't in there. That, that wasn't in there. Their
1: set list when we they we watched them was Mama Kin, Toys in the Attic, Loving an Elevator, Pink, Jaded, What It Takes. I never loved a man. Stop messing around, baby. Please don't go. Dream on nobody's fault same old song and dance crying walked this way sweet emotion and train kept
0: the role in 16 songs it's not terrible but the problem was trying to slog through the middle of that set list it was
1: rough. yeah it was kiss actually blew them off the stage in my opinion when we saw
0: them that's the thing i really don't have any i don't have any positive or negative memories of kiss i just remember that it was like yeah good good good, good kiss show
1: yeah but i i just remember really walking away and saying kiss was the better of the two and i love both bands so yeah yeah. All right. But it, well what we normally do, Tom, is we go through uh we talk a little bit about the stage. Yep. We talk a little bit about the costumes, and then yep. we go through the some of the songs on the tour, and then we talk about some of the dates. Yep. So the first thing is the uh let's go let's go to the stage. The stage is limited because they're sharing it with Aerosmith.
0: Yeah. It's kind of a combination of a bunch of different things they did before. I mean, if you go on YouTube and watch it, they drop down they're all on one pod as opposed to end of the road that they come down on separate pods. So again, you had, they had the idea of the pods in their mind even way back then. So Paul, Gene, and Tommy come down in the center pod. Peter is elevated up high. There was kind of some like lightning effects, similar stage, nothing really crazy, but you're right, especially at a venue like this, because it was a summer shed tour. So the stage couldn't be really that huge because they had to share it with Aerosmith. But it was it was good. It was it wasn't it was good. It was at the time it was different in retrospect. You're like, oh, yeah, that's where that came from.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I mean, nothing impressive compared to the other tours. No. Um, so the stage is pretty weak, to be honest
0: with you. Yeah, it wasn't anything dynamic. Yeah. Now the costumes. That was cool. I thought that was interesting because they went back to the alive era costumes. Classic Jean with the flaps. Uh, Tommy dressed up in that that, that early, early ace outfit with the silver circles up around the shoulders. I thought they looked really cool. I mean, it was kind of weird to see Gene wearing this because if you look back at those early, early 74, 75 tours with Gene, that's when Gene was super, super skinny. So he looked so – he looked even taller because he was tall already, but he looked so skinny that when he would, like, kick his legs and kind of stomp around the stage – Obviously, Gene in 2003, a little bit bigger, a little bit older. So wearing that costume didn't kind of have the same effect for me. But I thought it was kind of wild that they went back to those costumes for that. I thought it looked really cool.
1: Yeah, I, I see I see some of the costumes I see look a little differently. Like Paul's wearing a jacket. And then the yep. other ones are he's wearing the basically that wide-open chest hair shit. Yep. You know, Tommy's wearing the rings around his arm. Gene's wearing... Kind of like the bat wing vest.
0: Yep. Yeah. And- Paul. Um, Paul almost has a combination of like the top of him is like love gun, and the bottom of him is like alive. Yeah. It's a it's
1: smorgasbord of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's still I think stripped down version of what they usually wear.
0: Yeah. I don't think it's ex- it's not a hundred percent alive, but it's definitely alive. Based. And it's not and it's not original. Like you no. say that. No, no. But I All like right. how I like how it's like you, it's stripped down and it's more classic looking. All right. So let's go to the set list. So
1: they played about 14 songs. They open with Detroit Rock City. They play Deuce, shout it out loud. See these? That's what I remember. Always the Kiss, and I think that's my favorite opening from them. And then they have King of the Nighttime World. Do you love me? Let me go rock and roll. Firehouse. I love it loud. I want you God of Thunder 100,000 Years Black Diamond Beth Rock and Roll all Night. Now, the first thing you pick up on is the oldest song, I mean the newest song on this is I Love It Loud from from Creatures of the Night.
0: That's it. Yeah, that you're right. They everything else is from the original 6 quote unquote. They don't play yeah. they, there's nothing else there. No, there's nothing from Dynasty. I mean, I, the set list varied a little bit, but generally speaking, that's what they played. It was all that's what they opened with. It was all classic, classic, OG Kiss shit. Yep. Now, except for except for I Love It Loud. They sprinkled in and they
1: changed songs and take stuff out. Imagine that. Um. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Strutter, Love Gun, Lick It Up, Cold Gin, Come On and Love Me, Hotter Than Hell. I would say Come On and Love Me is the only really deep cut from the last 20-something-odd years.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of cool, too, because Harder Than Hell was the first time it was played since 92. Come On and Love Me hadn't been played since 97, and I Want You hadn't been played since 95. So give them credit. They pulled out a couple songs. Now, granted, they only played Harder Than Hell twice and Come On and Love Me once, and I Want You you know became part of the set list, which is cool, good for them. But when when we were talking about this preparation for the episode, what was, this thing, what was the first thing we said to each other when we saw this set list? It's fucking end of the road. That's it. End of the road. So, this is the this is the end of the road set list. This is you what know. I've been talking about. I've been saying for the last
1: 20 or so odd years, they've played roughly about 20 to 25 songs. That's it. Yep. In, in a group that has over 200 and something songs,
0: they've played the same 25 basically in the last 20 years. Yeah, because they're a legacy act at this time. They were they at this time. They were full blown legacy act. Okay. They weren't trying to do anything out of the ordinary. They were just trying to ride the coattails of kiss. They're five years
1: it. removed from their last album.
0: Yep. At this point. Cycle yep. That's right. That's right. There's nothing. There's nothing here. Now, back in 2003, you said this already when we were at this show, there, there was no fatigue. There was no obsession with the set list. We didn't have social media. We didn't have podcasts. So we were just like, "Oh, cool, they're playing Firehouse." Oh, cool, they're playing I Want You. Yeah, because the
1: the reunion tour wasn't too long ago. So we're dying to hear these songs at this correct. Point. correct. Fatigue hasn't set in. We, we That's want right. more of this shit. Are you kidding That's me? Right. That's so right. We're happy to have this stuff. It's just the fact that they never changed anything afterwards.
0: Yeah. This is just a shortened version. This is the end of all these songs on the end of the road tour. And it's really shocking to see them touring in 2003 and not playing anything with the exception of I Love It Loud off. Everything was off the the first six. Yeah. That's
1: that's wild. And then Lick It Up comes in, which is. Yes. 83. Big deal. Yep. Yep. All right. So the tour starts and opens up August 2nd, 2003. Meadows music center harford connecticut
0: yep so the first night both bands they played shortened sets from what they normally do uh one of the funny things here is kiss's curtain got stuck while it was dropping and uh stephen tyler tr- tried to be funny and wore a fake chikara tattoo wow,
1: that's stupid
0: yeah yeah and this uh, was the only t- and this was the only time they played king of the nighttime world yeah and why see, why yeah. why would you take that out of the out of the set list well then
1: they move on through the like Northeast there they couple shows in New York, yep a show in Washington DC, Jersey, Ohio. they postponed their show in Comerica Park. I don't know why, but um there was a blackout. oh there you go that's yep. why yep uh and then you know they they moved through Ohio, Pennsylvania and Buffalo. they don't come back around to us to August 25. That's when it was called the Tweeter Center, Tom. Yep. Not Great Woods. At this point, it's the Tweeter Center now. That, that's how old this is. Yep. And Saliva opened up as well as
0: Orch Goulds. Do you remember that? Never heard of them in my life.
1: Yeah. The, uh, the It went to 99.86 both nights uh, sold out. So that's about as good as they got throughout this tour. The thing that I remember about this tour, and I've mentioned it on this show, Aerosmith obviously is the favorite because that's the Boston band. Yep. This is when Paul Stanley, remember, said to all the audience at one point, "It's like, hey, everybody, Boston. Yep. We're right down the street from. We're from New York, right down the street." And he thought that man like, "Oh, we're friends because I'm. We're just from New York." And he Dude. got fucking. Food. mercilessly. And he had, yeah, he had, he had no, had no, I, no, no idea. idea. He was like, "What the fuck? What did I say?" I yep. fucking loved it. food and he's like, "All right, all right, well." <laughs> but that was did,
0: fucking great. Yeah, and they did they did two shows at, at here, and on the second show was the first time that Cole Gin was added to the to the tour. and yeah. also a, a, and also a funny thing too on the second show. So where the Tweeter Center is, or whatever they fuck they call it now it's not far from trying to access Foxborough stadium, Gillette stadium with the Patriots play oh, so on this night traffic. They said there was an NFL uh, preseason game between the Pats and the bears. And there was also a golf championship. They said there was massive traffic <laughs> throughout the area. Cause you had all those things going on all at the same time on the same day in the same vicinity. Um, yeah. Nothing has yeah, changed. No, no. And uh, the set list there was Detroit rock city deuce, Shout out loud, Strutter, Cold Gin, Firehouse. I love it loud. I want you. God of Thunder, a hundred thousand years. Black Diamond, Beth, Love Gun, Rock and Roll all night. So,
1: yeah. I and I, if, I it, and I again, I think they blew fucking Aerosmith off the stage. I thought Kiss was fucking awesome. Then. I had no problems with that at that point. But, but here's I, the, f-
0: the fatigue wasn't set in. The band still rock. I didn't care if I fucking it wasn't really Ace. and give a shit. But here's the funny thing, and I, and I mean, it's small changes. But imagine this. So they played August 25th and they played August 27th. They made set list changes within two days. Yeah. On The 25th, they had, let me go rock and roll. And do you love me on the next night? They took those out and played strutter and cold gin. So can you imagine the concept of mixing up the set list? Even if, even if they're all just exchanging classic, you know, kind of beaten fatigue songs, they made changes. Imagine that Paul. Yeah. it's, It's insane. Yeah. So then they
1: continue around the Northeast, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. They go to the Midwest, Ohio, uh, Chicago, the Tweeter Center over there, Wisconsin, and CoAmerica Park. Finally, September seventh. Yep. Um, and I
0: think Ted Nugent played yeah. a couple songs there. Yeah, he, he played a ni- he played a nine song set. Yes, that's wild. Imagine seeing that bunch of
1: seventies acts there, right? Yeah. And then they cruise around September into Florida, Atlanta, uh, Virginia beach was canceled. Yep. Uh, Charlotte, NC, Tennessee. And then they continue into uh, Kansas, Tennessee and things like that. Uh, The tour itself, again, they're switching songs in and out a few times here that we talked about, which is fantastic. Because what they're adding is there's not a dud in this lineup. Not. I mean, some people say, oh, I'm not a big fan of Harder Than Hell. But it's not a dud. No. Same thing think they would let me go rock and roll, maybe, or I Want You. Uh, nobody's complaining that their songs suck. They no. get while they're being played. Yeah. And this is 2003. So them getting back together and getting out on tour you know, is only, what, five, six, seven years now at this point? Yep. Fuck yeah, I'll take yep. this all
0: day. Here's a funny one from they, they did a show in October in Dallas, Texas. Peter thanked Houston at the end of Beth instead of thanking <laughs> Dallas. Yeah, Classic,
1: right? <laughs> where is <laughs> well and then they end up touring the rest of the way into the uh Western coast where they're hitting California was uh Washington. In a bunch of shows there in New Mexico, circle back around to Vegas, North Dakota, Minnesota, Michigan, and back to Connecticut. Yeah. In the Northeast again. So think about it. It's the same fucking tour, and they're hitting spots the second time around. And people at- are probably like, how many concerts and tours have they done since this? That they've hit the same stuff with the same set list after a while. You can see this is the beginning. Like, oh, why do we have to change anything?
0: But look at the numbers, okay? They do a show in Grand Rapids, Michigan. They play to 6,300 people. They come to Bridgeport, Connecticut. They play in front of, again, 6,300 people, okay? They play a show up in Portland, Maine, in front of 5,600 people, okay? Then I completely and totally forgot about this. They then came back to Manchester, New Hampshire, and they played at the garden in Boston. Yeah. Well, which was called the Fleet Center back then. So they spent the summer doing the shed circuit, then came back in the fall and winter and started doing the arena circuit. So they were really kind of confident in themselves here.
1: Well, look um, at look at November 20th, MCI Center in DC. Yeah. Right, I mean yep. eighteen thousand seat arena, sixty-one percent.
0: Yeah, that's insane.
1: Yeah. Because at that point, both of those kind of bands weren't putting anything really new, and they were still around. They weren't like, Hey, you better go see them quickly because they're gonna retire. So it yep. was no
0: rush to see them. And then coming to Manchester, that was wild. They played they played to ninety-seven percent capacity. Now that arena is not very big. And then when they played in Albany, New York, they played to 92% capacity. So it's weird because, and then, and then they go down, then they go down to Michigan, Florida. They're playing to like 70%, 72%. So it's almost like, guys, we get it. Stop the tour. Yeah. And, this, and this was 20 years ago. Yeah. And
1: this is Aerosmith with kiss. Yeah. So you, it's not just, uh, it's just not kiss. I mean, when they played in Knoxville, Tennessee, Fifteen thousand seat arena, sixty percent like right? capacity, and like Oklahoma City fourth Ford Center,
0: right, fifty seven percent capacity. And like you said, this isn't just a Kiss tour. This is Aerosmith and Kiss, and people are like, yeah, I'm all set.
1: I mean, it's still considered a very successful tour. Oh, it was. It definitely was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the numbers that I saw here, yeah. Uh, it ranked it number eight for two thousand and three with a gross of forty-nine million basically. Yeah, crazy. And uh with they only sold- one sellout.
0: Ugh. Yeah, but they sold eighty-two percent of the ticket sales, which yeah. again, I don't know, I don't know anything about stats. I don't know if that number's good, bad, or indifferent. I don't know. Yeah, and the, the thing is
1: I'm not sure, but at some point along the tour, heads got you know were butted. And people weren't happy. Yeah. And Steven Tyler and Paul have still got this cold war going on. I don't know what the story is there. Joe Perry loves the band. Uh, oh, yeah. Peter is buddies with most of the people in the band. But those two front, uh, uh,
0: man, uh, just not friends. No, no. And, and again, I think this is probably the beginning. And maybe Kiss saw how they could have success with a legacy act like this, because then you saw them touring with Def Leppard, whoring with Motley Crue, touring with bands and kind of co-headlining like that. So maybe this was like that launching off point for them to be like, Hey, we can do this. We can kind of not ride the coattails of other bands that are successful, but kind of have them kind of lift us up a little bit. So it's not just kiss.
1: Yeah. The other part to this is, and by the way, just for the record, uh The last stop was December 20th. Save Mart Center, Fresno, California. Played about 86 capacity. Yep. I also think if you think about it. Yep. This is when Kiss probably got to understand like we don't need the big shows and the big stuff and all this crap and changing songs. We can just do this limited set. Yep. Have a band come in and play half our songs and get away with it. We don't have to put in all the hard work to put on a show all this time. And then they, like you said, they add in those other artists that they come in and do it. But when those artists went away and kiss continued touring, Mm -hmm. they never stepped up their game to do something different. Change, change more songs, add anything out Do that. They're still doing the same fucking set list and stuff and being like, yeah, you know what? We can get away with doing it this way. Lack of ever. Remember we talked about it years ago. I can keep doing the kiss cruises and we can slowly start taking shit away. Yeah. Right. Maybe we don't get what we
0: used to get, but we'll make more money and work Mm -hmm. less hard. Oh, like we've said before, less for more, Yeah, you know, but it's, uh, what's also interesting too. and, And again, I don't know if this, if there's any kind of nefarious behind the scenes, why this doesn't happen, but do you notice how kiss is not part of these summer festivals anymore? Like you have you have you have Def Leppard journey and heart coming to Fenway Park this summer. Mm -hmm. You have, you know, these 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 legacy tours You used to see Def Leppard with Tesla and Ario Speedwagon or sticks with Foreigner and all these things. Kiss doesn't do that. I mean, granted, Kiss is done now. But, you know, I know that they did the end of the road, so they weren't doing it. But even before the end of the road. You know the, the the wheels kind of fell off for them near the end about them doing like these those kind of like they did do them for a long time because we went and saw them all we saw them with Poison and Motley Crue and Def Leppard and they were awesome. Well, something changed along the way. Yeah, anyway, I Tom, agree. what we should do is
1: we'll base on the first original set list from the first show. Okay. Okay. So the original set list was Detroit Rock City, Deuce, shout it out loud, cast, <laughs> King of the Nighttime World. Do You Love Me, Let Me Go Rock and Roll, Firehouse, I Love It Loud, I Want You, God of Thunder, 100,000 Years, Black Diamond, Beth, Rock and Roll, All Night, 14 songs. The extras that they brought in was Strutter, Love Gun, Lick It Up, Cold Gin, Come On and Love Me, Hotter Than Hell. What is
0: going in and what is going out? I'm going to go Detroit Rock City, Deuce, Shout It Out Loud, King of the Nighttime World, Do You Love Me. I'm taking out Let Me Go Rock and Roll and putting in Come On and Love Me. I'm taking out I Love It Loud and putting in Love Gun, I'm taking out a hundred thousand years and I'm putting in lick it up and I'm taking out Beth and the encore and putting in strutter.
1: All right. All right. All right. Bugger. Uh, (laughs) me, I'm going Detroit rock city do shout out loud cast, uh, king of the nighttime world. I'm leaving. Do you love me? I'm leaving. Let me go rock and roll. I'm leaving firehouse. I love it loud. I am taking out I Want You. Oh, wow. Yep. And I'm putting in Lick It Up. Okay. I'm leaving in God of Thunder, and I'm going to take out 100,000 years, and I'm going to put in Come On and Love Me. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I'm wow. leaving in Black Diamond, Beth, and Rock and Roll all night. I'm not putting in Strutter. I'm not putting in Love Gun. I'm not putting in Cold Gin, and I'm not putting in Hotter Than Hell.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. You, you're a You're a You're captain of the strutter hate club.
1: I don't hate the song. I
0: just don't need it. Okay. Okay. So that's what my set list is now, Tom, what we do is we rank this shit. Yeah. Let's rank this shit. Yeah. We rank, we rank the set list, the stage, the costumes, the tour itself. All right.
1: Let's start with, uh, the costumes, Tom, we've done the Harder than hell tour spirit of 786 tour, lick it up tour. Hot in the Shade tour, Hottest Show on Earth Tour, and Freedom of Rock Tour. Yep. Where does this rank?
0: Okay. This is similar. It's, it's pretty much identical to the Heart of Than Hell tour. And it's 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 okay. It's it's I like how they kind of go in old school minimalistic, but I mean it's makeup, but it's not great. I'm gonna put this at five. I'm gonna put this below. This will be my lowest ranked makeup costume tour this will be five below hottest show on earth so the hottest show on earth and freedom to rock costumes were pretty much the monster costumes which i don't mind so that's why they're a little bit higher than this all right for me tom i had lick it up at six
1: hot in the shade five freedom to rock four hottest show three two harder than hell spirit of 76 was number one i am going to put this just like you i'm gonna put this at number five, above Hot in the Shade and above Lick It Up, but below Freedom to Rock. It's just not original.
0: Yeah. I mean, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to go kind of nostalgic, and and I give them credit for that, but eh, no. it's And not that the other ones, hottest Show on Earth or
1: Freedom to Rock are so fucking whatever or so original. I just found them to be less of hodgepodge, like fucking yeah. mix of shit. Mm-hmm. as this one is mm-hmm. all right so let's go to the stage now the tour
0: okay, okay. yeah so i got harder show on earth rank six then freedom to rock harder than hell lick it up spirit of 76 and i got hot in the shade number one again this is the era of kiss kind of doing some kind of mishmash stuff they have the pods they got some lights but remember it's stripped down it's 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 minimalistic because they're sharing the stage with Aerosmith so it's did not did you just say he, you
1: stripped he stripped his fucking teeth he, he
0: stripped, stripped his fucking teeth <laughs> he's in the piano he's really wedged <laughs> in there so I mean it's a kiss stage so it's obviously dynamic and exciting and visually whatever but it's 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 not great and I'm gonna put it I'm actually gonna put it last
1: Tom I have hottest show on earth hotter than hell freedom rock lick it up Hot in the Shade and Spirit of 76, number one. No need to debate or talk about this. Yeah, it's last for me, too.
0: Yeah. Yep. So,
1: all right, let's go to the set list now, Tom.
0: Okay. So, my set list, I got number six. Last, I got the Hotter Than Hell tour, then Freedom to Rock, Hotter Show on Earth, Lick It Up, Spirit of 76, and Hot in the Shade, number one. This gets penalized because it's short. And because of that, it goes last. So we're butchering this tour. Sorry, something's got to <laughs> yeah. be last. Something, <laughs> something's something got to be last. Yeah, how the fuck before that you had Hotter Than Hell last? What the fuck? Because it was only songs off two albums. That's why. Uh, no, That's Great why. albums, though. But. No, no, no. I know. I know.
1: All right. So I had Freedom of Rock, Hotter Show on Earth, Hot in the Shade, Lick It Up at Three, Two, Hotter Than Hell, Spirit of 76, Number One. Uh, I am going to put...
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm putting it last 14 songs. What are you gonna do? That's what I was gonna say. It's not that it's like bad, it's just short. And that that's that you have to take that into an account. All right, Tom. What do you have as far as
1: your overall tour rank?
0: Okay. At number six, I have Hottest Show on Earth, Freedom to Rock, lick it up, hotter than hell, hot in the shade, spirit of seventy-six. I don't think it's going to be anybody's surprise based on what we're talking about here. This was just, to me, not a very memorable show. It was a short set list. The stage was okay. It was all classic era songs, nothing unique, nothing crazy. It's still a Kiss show, so it's better than pretty much anything I've ever seen, but that being said, it's going last. Wow. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. Bugger? (laughs) All right. Bugger. Well, Tom, I look at it this way. I had um, Freedom of Rock, hottest Show on Earth, Hot in the Shade, Lick It Up, Hotter Than Hell, Spirit of 76 tour. Yep. See, part of me wanted to surprise people and say, uh, well, it also had Aerosmith opening up, not fucking ZO2.
0: No, but but that's that's a negative for me because that Aerosmith show sucked. Uh, It's still Aerosmith. I know. So go ahead, do your thing.
1: I can't. I'm looking at Freedom to Rock songs that they played. Way more songs. Oh yeah, and just as good as songs. So how can I pick against it?
0: Plus, that was a good show. I remember that show. That was a good show. Was that when Paul made everybody stand up and do, like, the Pledge of Allegiance? Yeah. That's not why it was good. (laughs) Relax. That was the most awkward thing in the history of concerts. Well, anyways, this is dead last, too. I can't (laughs) do anything. What am I going to say? What am I
1: debating about? It's fucking last. (laughs) Well,
0: it's, it's tough. I mean, this is the era of Kiss doing shows that, in my mind, I'm sorry, they're very, they get blurred. They get blurred again. The only thing that this sticks out, like you said, is that it was Aerosmith. But if this was just World Domination Kiss, you'd have to you'd have to do like the water torture on me to get you to tell the difference between this and the hottest show on Earth tour.
1: Yeah, I wonder if you know we look back and we start seeing like, wait a minute, if there were eighteen songs, nineteen songs on this tour. Yeah, if they added all those songs in there that didn't make it before and there's 20 songs or something, the six that weren't in the original set list, where would you rank this?
0: See, I for me, it would, then I, I,
1: I, it might move up, because, again,
0: I would say Aerosmith's opening up for them. No, I took all those songs out of the set list because I don't like them. I don't want them added <laughs> into the set list. I don't want to hear Let Me Go Rock and Roll. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, look, it's a Kiss tour. We went. I'm glad we did, but it's not one that's going to be like, it, it's not fucking hot in the shade. And it sure it's it's just it's not that.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: Tom, what we do next is we move on to question of the week. What do you got? We got one here comes from an email that was sent to us by Mike odd. What is your biggest disappointment in history? Mine is that Peter Chris never recorded a real rock album. He had a great rock raspy voice, but his solo albums are fucking disappointing. That's what Mike says.
1: Okay. So I I could go along those lines. I would say I would have loved it. If in kiss Peter and Ace sang at least one or two between the two of them, there's at least three songs of theirs. Yeah. Maybe an album in the beginning. Maybe ace only does one song per album, but Peter's doing at least two. And he was kind of in the beginning. Um, I wish they sang more songs. I wish there was more of a variety and give yep. them a different sound, a little bit extra, a little bit more rock and roll with Ace, a little bit more R&B with Peter. I don't know. I just think they, they, it would have been pretty interesting to have more of their songs out there.
0: But, yeah. No, no, that's good. That's I think that's a great one. I think a lot of people would agree. For me, this is easy as fuck. This is easy. I wanted another album out of the Bruce Kulick Eric Singer lineup. Think we got Revenge and Carnival of Souls, and that was it. I wanted another one because... They were getting heavy. It was getting hard. It was getting rocking. I know that music was changing in that time. We haven't reviewed Carnival of Souls yet, but I think people who listen to the show can tell where I stand on that. I wanted another album out of that lineup. Instead, they did the reunion, which I get it. The reunion was magic for all of us. We love it. But that that's my biggest disappointment is not enough albums out of that lineup. Do you
1: believe that Sonic Boom and Monster would have been much different if,
0: if Bruce was there? Uh, those albums wouldn't have been made if bruce was there why not uh, i i th- that those albums are not when bruce was in kiss they were doing new and different things those albums like sonic boom oh, wait, and monster
1: people said they copied bon jovi then they copied um, no, no, grunge
0: no 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 i'm saying they were doing new and different things for kiss sonic okay. boom and monster was the band trying to recapture 70s like classic kiss they weren't trying to do anything new they were trying to re re yeah they weren't doing non-makeup they, music right they weren't trying to do glam or grunge or or hard rock they were trying to do rock and roll over and i don't think bruce would have would have done that and if he was on it the albums would have been way better than they were because they're not very good as they are and that's not tommy's fault i'm not saying that Tommy is the reason why they're that but good answer. Good yeah answer. Mike, thank you for your question of the week. We love it. And we also love the fact that our buddy and fellow shout it out loudcast Hall of Famer Tony Barone sponsored our question of the week because Tony is the man behind abcpainc.com. He's the tax man for a reason. abcpainc.com can do all of your tax needs, your individual, your business, anything. He can help you with it all. He's helped Zeus. He's helped me. He's done it all. He's awesome. You can reach him at abcpainc.com. There's a contact link right there. You can call him. All the information is there. Head to his website. You can also follow him on Facebook. His Facebook page is great too. Check him out. Tony from abcpainc.com. He is the tax man for a reason. He is fantastic to deal with. He will answer all your questions and help you with whatever your tax needs are. Yeah, Tony is awesome. Thanks, Tony. Tom, where can people find us? You can always start with our website, shoutoutloudcast.com. That's you can find all of our episodes, shoutoutloudcast, album review crew, dome damage, zeppelin chronicles. You can also find links to our Patreon there. You can also find links to all of our social media, our merch, our Amazon shopping, tons of stuff there. All of our rankings, everything is there. You could also comment directly from the website and we get those in the form of an email. Or you can just send us an old fashioned email at shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. And if you want to be your question of the week, send us an email. We put them in a little folder. We pull one out every week. And that's one of our favorite parts of the, episode we love reading your questions so please send them to us use our email shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com we read every single one of your emails i can promise you that we might not read them word for word on the show but zeus and i we read every email that you send us so please keep them coming and of course our social media very active on those twitter facebook instagram youtube please check us out follow us Tag us, all that good stuff. Interact. We love it. And, of course, our shout-out Loudcasters group, which is approaching 10,000 members, which is insane. Please, if you're listening now and you're not part of that group, get in there. It's fucking fantastic. It's crazy. Crazy shit goes on there, but it's fun as hell, so please join us there. And we always like to say that we are a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network of Shows.
1: Yeah, you can always DM us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're also now on Threads. Yes. So we get our, our, our uh posts there too. You can always find us. And uh subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is constantly growing. YouTube. Uh give us one of those five star, star child reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can. It's a big help to the show, moves us up the food chain. And always we always tell people to remind them they can email us at shout it outloudcast at gmail.com, shout it at gmail.com, and check out our website as Tom mentioned, shout it com, shout it com, and where you can get all your shout out loudcast merch info, uh rankings, all that stuff. We've had two episodes in a row where we just did rankings. We just did the ranking for dynasty, we're gonna do the rankings for this tour. All of that will be found on the website. You can peruse that. Put your comments there. Those comments stay on that page. Unlike social media, where last week's episode moves down and becomes old, this one stays on the website, and your comments can there, and you can constantly comment on them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tom, what we'd like to do now is end with famous last words. Do you have any? Yes. She can
0: move you and improve you with her love and her devotion and she'll thrill you and she'll chill you but you're headed for commotion
1: i'm not gonna lie the first thing i came to my head is that okay uh she can and then you said she can move i'm like what the fuck exact (laughs) lyric yep all right tom um Just a few more hours and I'll be right home to you. I think I hear them calling. Oh, Beth, what can I do?
0: Can you imagine if he's saying that? Oh, man.
1: (laughs) Oh, Rachel, I hear you calling. Oh, Lara. (laughs) But I got a bunion on my toe. (laughs) God. Price check on the adult diapers, please. While you're back there, pick me up some as well. Oh shit! That fucking sandwich Elvis gave me—that banana-fried banana fucking peanut butter sandwich—went right through me. I got some. I got some mud gra- crawling down my back leg. Oh yuck! We can't even get out of this episode. Oh, you need to stop. You better cut <laughs> it out. What the fuck? All right,
0: Tom. Uh, uh, Loudcasters, Kiss Army, thank you. Guys, you're the best. We love you. Kiss Army, Loudcasters, Ace Cult, Ace Lovers, Ace Haters, whatever. Zeus is always my friend. Thank you.
1: Peace out, Girl Scout. Hit the music. What I'd like now is for all you fat, out of shape, worldwide kiss tards to keep the noise down while I show your ladies what a real sexy man looks like.
0: Listen, all you people out there sitting on rented furniture, settle down.
1: The music. Anybody seen Richie? Anybody know why Richie did Bobby Lupo?
2: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.